0: Inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. All righty. Today's guest is a philosopher and a champion for being. He leads a team of creating champions who teach, coach, and guide thousands of entrepreneurs and artists in being more free, loving, and powerful by learning and embodying the creating the capital C perspective, their clients achieve a union of outcomes and spiritual growth, material success, and social impact. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to today's guest, Mr. John Patrick Morgan. And I'll toss in a junior for you.
1: Thanks, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> cool. That was I like the way you read it. I think it could you could have like an like a cheer, like an audience sound effect in the background. Yeah, I need a help. button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need that button. Yeah, cool.
0: That's cool, Ben. Cool, um, so what? What the heck's uh What is a champion for being?
1: Yeah. So champion for me um, represents two things. Um, number one, it represents being the absolute best. At whatever it is that you do i have a picture of muhammad ali on my wall i'm very inspired by his assertion that he is the greatest before anybody even knew who he was and how he lived into it and became known as and you know qualified as the greatest you know boxer of all time um and so for me that's huge that's like you know i see that as a as as a way of speaking into existence like the greatest realization of our potential, like just being being the best, being a champion. And the other meaning of the word champion is essentially like a king or queen's champion, that person who whose job at the coronation was to say, if there's anybody here who thinks or believes that this person shouldn't be king, raise your hand and I'll fight you to the death. Um, and a champion is essentially somebody who's a warrior for another person. Um, and so for me in my work, it's like, I am committed to being that kind of champion for everybody, like willing to die metaphorically in most cases for their truth and for them being everything they can be. Champion for them being everything they can be, um, and to tie the two together, I'll just say that for me in the my work, being the best at something is how to be a champion for other people. Like I used the example of Roger Bannister, who was the first person to break the four minute, four minute mile. mile yeah. By being the fastest man in the world, he was a champion for everybody being faster. Um, and so the two things tie together in that way.
0: Right. What was it like a year afterwards? What was it six like other people people, or something? Yeah, yeah
1: did it. He, yeah. he broke broke the
0: wall, that invisible mm-hmm. wall for sure. Yeah, um, That's cool, man. That's really cool. Um, so how did, like, you're a champion for being now. You're coaching all these people. You're mm. leading a group of, you know, these creating champions doing the same thing mm-hmm. that you're doing. Um, how, I mean, where did you come from? Where, where are you from? I mean, how are you from up? I grew up in Rhode where, Island, as you know. Where in um, Rhode Island? I just had a mic here. Not like anyone knows.
1: Yeah, I don't it, know. But. was uh, New York. Oh, was New York. North Kingstown until I was like 10, and then we moved to Warwick. Got it. Yeah. Um, Literally, lived, like on the East. Yeah, East Greenwich Line. I went to school, uh, Tollgate High School, and uh, yeah, and then I went to URI. And yeah, just guy yeah. by the beach. Just a normal Rhode Island guy, yeah. And yeah. then I left. So when I was 24, 25, for 10 years, I was outside the U.S. I lived nomadically oh, yeah. for a few years out of a backpack around the world, and then I settled in London for seven years, met my now wife there. Then we moved back to the States, and I lived in L.A. for seven years before moving to Maui, where we now live with our two boys wild yeah uh
0: what's the craziest story you got from when you're backpacking around um
1: oh i don't know about crazy but the first like memory that jumped to mind definitely not crazy in the sense of like dangerous or something well i paragliding just jumped into my mind when you said that i think that was like the one of the most like just awe inspiring and like physically like just like magical experiences like flying essentially yeah right so i I learned to paraglide in the swiss alps i took like a course and you know, i didn't do the whole thing and get my license but i was doing solo flights from like you know i don't know how many how high i was but i was well above the tree line It was the middle of summer and there was snow so it was really high <laughs> and and i was just running down this snowy cap mountain and then i was in flight and it was incredible just like being soaring through the air like an eagle i mean when you have a paragliding there's no motor so it's just completely silent you hear like the wind in your ears except you know when you're riding your bike if you turn your head sideways like the wind stops and it just goes quiet and it was like that i turned my head and it was just like total silence and i'm like flying over houses and sheep and stuff and then like for like 45 minutes and then all the way down like over the lakes and into like to this green you know like kind of field um so that was just awesome i mean everybody dreams of flying and then being able to make a choice when you're in the air about oh my oh there's some sheep over there let me go that way and just like flying over the sheep it was like cool. being in a dream um so that was definitely one of the most awesome experiences and i did some of that in france as well and now that i live in maui on a volcano i've seen people paragliding so i think i'm probably going to go back to it again i haven't done it in like 15 years but yeah it was is it awesome. dangerous people get hurt doing it you know What they told me in um, uh, uh, Switzerland when I was learning it is it was the only extreme sport that you can get insurance for because of how low the risk of injury is in paragliding in particular. Hmm. And I think it's because your parachute is already deployed before you even leave the ground. It makes sense so like the only time people typically the injuries are like during takeoff when people like are running down the mountain and then they trip or something
0: oh okay yeah
1: it's not like you it's not like you know you jump out of a plane it's like if your parachute doesn't open there's trouble but this is so in that sense it was pretty safe um i'm sure there's accidents but i didn't see any yeah
0: Uh, yeah i was just wondering like i i found when i had my kids that i turned into like a big you know, pussy for the back lack of better words. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, it's not just like my life. I'm risking.
1: Exactly. Uh, That's yeah, why yeah, there's yeah. lots of things I'm glad I did before, like, you know, before I don't need to go jump out of a plane now or bungee jump now. Cause I did it all and yeah. I've got kids, so I, it's not worth it. Like even, even actually for me, a motorcycle is like,
0: yeah, that, that to right.
1: me is way scarier than like skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> seems <laughs> more dangerous.
0: I agree with you there. Um, so i mean when did you didn't you weren't always a coach right i think about that 12
1: years now yeah
0: yeah but what were you doing before that what was like your first little entrepreneurial thing maybe not first i'm not talking about like your lemonade stand and because uh, i did school. have a lemonade stand in, i bet in you North did Kingstown. i yeah, bet you did
1: butternut drive yeah but um
0: what was your first like maybe the first business you made six figures in a year
1: is that a good one? Yeah. I mean, that was my, yeah, I've, I've had lots before that, but you know, cause I had businesses and I was in college and stuff, but yeah, the, my web media company building websites for nonprofits for free. Uh, and then within a year we were doing six figure projects, like a single client, it was over, over a hundred grand, um, actually probably in about 18 months from the start of our business. Um, I knew how to write code cause I studied physics and like computer science, um, and I had friends that were designers working for a company, and probably not far down the street from you in Providence. Um, and like they were doing websites for like oil companies and stuff, and they were like, "This sucks. I don't want to like help these companies." And so we wanted to do something meaningful, and so we just started offering services to little nonprofits, and and word got around because they were awesome designers, and I could make the website work. And then we started getting paid work, and then yeah, within like two years in we were literally at the nasdaq building launching a website in times square they like shut down Times square for this huge like climate um website that we were building that we built out and it was awesome uh it was a team of eight (laughs) of us um and um yeah it gave me a sense that like it just helped i mean i had been entrepreneur my whole life but i'd never done something that got so big you know so quickly um and that kind of like I kind of up leveled my sense of what was possible for me in my life as an entrepreneur because I think up until then it was like entrepreneurialism was just something I was doing because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. Like my like you know like I I just was an entrepreneur. Like I, I wasn't like I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I studied physics. So I was like you know what am I what is what's gonna be my thing? Um, but then I think that was like oh this is my thing and that's enough. That's more than enough. It's great and so I could make basically it was my, my what I'm saying is like I could make enough money just being an entrepreneur to to keep creating. So yeah. yeah, actually that was my second business. I did six figures at, cause I had, I was in real estate before that. Oh, I right, just kind of, right. I got into yeah. it, but you know, yeah. That's
0: cool. Um, I want to um, kind of paint the picture for, I, I have some background on you. I don't always have that on. Okay, on my, cool. I guess, but um, <laughs> I, I, in my business, I work with a ton of coaches. Like if for some mm. reason I just, ends up being our niche. We, we work with a lot of coaches and we've worked with a lot of coaches. I've been coached by a lot of coaches. Cool. Um, and your thought process with things is nothing like any other coach that I've worked with or mm. been coached by. And um, I mean, just clearly you have some experience tied to it that, you know, makes you coach like this or maybe just time thinking gets you there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. You just said that you used to you were doing nonprofits websites for free and yeah. i hear you say this a lot too is like you if you want to first of all get good at something or if you want to actually go and make an impact or like it's not about being paid it's like going out and helping people
1: yeah that
0: need help because you want to help them
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's that over a certain amount of time you're eventually going to fill up your your time, your 40 Mm -hmm. hours, your 80 hours, whatever you're willing to work in a week. And then you're going to have to start getting paid
1: to do it.
0: So like, these are coming from my, I would love to hear that out of your mouth and how you would explain it to someone listening. If they're starting a business
1: and the way to approach it, or if they're starting a coaching business, whatever it happens to be. I think people get so concerned with like trying to have a functioning business that they just don't like, exact like basically what I like I said earlier. Like I've just always been an entrepreneur, and I wasn't ever trying to be, and that was an outgrowth of me just doing the work that I loved and just helping people. Like one of my first businesses that was like when I was college, I guess it was freshman year or something. So I I just was into computers, and I would go and hang out with my dad at like his office, and then the computer wouldn't work, and then help him fix it. And then, like his friend would be like, "Hey, can you help me?" And I would just help him. And then suddenly, I was helping all the people in like the office park help their computers. And I was being like, and I was like, and my dad was like, "You should make them pay you. Just, <laughs> just send them an invoice." And I was like, "Oh, how does, what's an invoice?" And it's like, and then I just started, just started like getting paid to help. Right. So the help came first, and then more people, and then getting paid. And so that just was my formula. So every business when I got into real estate, I just helped people figure out what their house was worth. I just help people, you know, connect so they could get things fixed in their houses. And just by helping people with houses, I started getting listing contracts and selling houses. And so then I went and when it was a web it was like websites, it was just like, I'm just going to help people have websites because I can do that and just keep helping people until I couldn't afford to spend my time helping more people. And I would charge for it. And then I would charge more for it. And then we you know, so here's, but I think you kind of mentioned this briefly and here's the other thing. It's like, when you go into coaching, it's very obvious. Like most people get into the coaching business or they're trying to get in the coaching business and they spend all their time thinking about how can I like get people to know about how great I am at coaching and how can I get them to believe that I'm great and then get them to pay me so that I can coach them. And there's two <laughs> problems with that. There's two problems with that. Number one, is they're trying to concern themselves with getting people to believe that they're great at coaching and not actually being that great. Cause they haven't done that much coaching. Cause they're waiting to coach people until they're paid.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and the other problem is just like, well, that, that's the, both that's the same problem. They're just not going to get better at coaching, right? It's going to take them a long time to get good. Cause they're going to get all their experience after they've get convinced somebody that they're, they're good enough to coach them. So, when I've just been like, shit, I'm just going to coach as many people as I can for free. A little bit. So I in the beginning, I said, I'm going to take six friends on a six or three month journey. I'm going to coach them all for But then after that, and I, and I did that for free. But then after that, I was like, I'm going to coach lots of different people a little bit for free. Mm-hmm. And that's just a better use of my time because I'm still getting the experience, but I'm not just like... Just helping one person a lot I'm, I'm actually touching lots of different people making a, a difference for lots of different people in a small amount of time and so i would do one or two hour coaching sessions with hundreds of people and after done i've done that now i've done like two, three, four, five hundred 500 hours of coaching maybe i I'm, i didn't make it that far without getting paid but i mean i made 75 hours of coaching maybe 100 hours of coaching before i made a dollar but then it started to scale very quickly because i had some skills, man. I'd like done the work. <laughs> right. You know, I'd, and not just that I've done a hundred hours of coaching, but over like 50 people, 75 people. And so that was like a lot of diversity and experience. And so I got some chops and I was good at what I was doing and not just that I was, but I actually knew that I was because I've had the reference experience. Nothing gives a person confidence more than experience. Mm-hmm. And so you take that and then you combine it with the fact that helping lots of people, like word gets around and people remember. And so I have clients now and recently that I hadn't talked to in 10 years, but 10 years ago I had a one-off free conversation with them and they came back. In fact, I had a guy on, our, on our, one of our new programs. And in the program I was talking about this project I did early on in my coaching where I did 100 secret dreams. I'm going to help 100 people discover their secret dream. And... That was like literally right at the beginning of my coaching career. And one of the guys in our current program was like, actually, that I was in, I was one of those conversations and I'd forgotten because <laughs> it's been 10 years and it was like, I don't remember everybody's name and then he was like cuz he heard about it, He's like that was actually I was one of those people and I was like and he's he's been following me all this time just kind of in the background but people remember and so when you do this approach you're not just skilling up and getting your confidence through helping people for free you're actually building the foundation of your referral base for the for the, for the, for your career mm.
0: yeah and i don't know about you but i i really do believe that relationships are like the new economy
1: absolutely oh oh and the old economy dude
0: but, right I, but, but I, I, I guess it's just I think economy. it's even more
1: so now where like
0: I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I haven't been, been, been in business. long. Well, tell me, tell
1: me why, tell me why, Why do you think even more so now? Maybe it is.
0: Um, I think that with, um, I think social media, I wanted to talk about it, right. Social media Mm -hmm. brings us together in in an odd way, Mm -hmm. but, uh, also separates us quite a bit and everything going digital. We're on a zoom call right now. Mm -hmm. It's nice Mm -hmm. that I get to talk to you while you're in Hawaii and people see our face for sure. Um, but it's it's also driving a wedge because I go home and I'm not trying to ask my friend to come over because I feel like I'm connected to him online or something right. like that, right? I know what's going right. on in his life, his life that way. Um, and but the more I have these types of conversations, the more I talk to people, um, I go to networking events and actually generally just try to be a friend or be kind mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. some sort of way uh that has turned into way more business for me uh Mm -hmm. than any prospecting and any advertising than any uh anything else at all it's it's all come from just kind of being a good person and caring Mm -hmm. about another person um in some in some shape or form i mean they could just be like we're we're just shooting the shit laughing having a good time talking about you know what we enjoy drinking, or what we sure. what food we're gonna gonna eat or our the next vacation we're gonna go on, mm. and they just happen to know I do social media marketing, and when they go back home and their friend down the street needs it, they're gonna be like he was a good guy well, I want to yeah. give him business, you know that I find that that really does happen quite a bit for me, mm. and, and I mean from what you're saying it's it's kind of proven to be true,
1: yeah, I mean it's always been true for me that relationships are like our central. Maybe in this current climate, the way things are going is that it's like there's like this tenuous kind of superficial relationship that's possible and that people are sometimes appeasing themselves with or thinking is the thing and is enough. But the moment you go deeper and you actually have a real deep and honest connection with a person it rises above everything else, because maybe we're not aware that it's like it's not actually enough. Right. When you actually really connect with somebody and that's been our kind of strategy with social media, it's like, you know, if we look at social media as um, like advertising, then it's a numbers game and you might you can pull some clients from that. But like I know, I mean, when I met you, I had maybe a thousand followers when we started working together Mm -hmm. and and I was doing about a half a million dollars a year in coaching revenue from from a thousand followers. Now, I know people that have, I mean, I've had clients that have 150,000 followers and are doing much less money in revenue than that. And it's not because, so it's not just about having, it's not just about having more followers. And it's not even about necessarily having more of the right followers. Of course, that's a factor, but it's like, how are you going to show up with the people who are following you? Are you going to treat them like, uh, like an advertiser, like just like an, like a number and like just... Like I'm throwing darts or throwing hooks out and hoping I can catch one. Or are you going to treat them all like the individual human beings they are? I, I always say to my clients, like, even the, even my clients that have 100 followers. And it's like, how many of those people are your friends? That, and he's like, well, maybe 10 or 20. And like, so there's 80 people that you don't know following you. Mm. Imagine that you set up a public event talk and you're going to a room and 100 people come. 20 of your friends and 80 you don't know. Like, all you have to do is get down off that stage and just talk to them, like they came to listen to you. That's massive. That's eighty yeah. people. You could build a six figure business off that room. You don't need. To, you don't need. You don't need more followers. You just need to see them as individuals and to treat them like humans and to talk to them like real and be with them. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the way I've always treated the people that that follow me. And so, um, you know, we're we're we're. Now that I, it's not just me, it's the team. What I'm doing is trying to help and teach the team to treat our followers. that way. Oh, we don't need more people. We just need to be more real and close with the people that we've got. So for me, everybody that follows me, it's like I take that, you know, seriously and kind of treat them. And, you know, working with me, it was, you, you, you do our social. So it's like I have a high bar for this is the truth and honesty and how we relate to every single person that engages with us. If I yeah. piss one person off, it's like that that matters to me. Not like I'm afraid of it because I'm not like on the back foot all the time. Like, oh, you know, but I also I'm I'm concerned. Like, who am I being and, and what am I creating with the people that I'm engaging with?
0: Mm, totally. Um, you're speaking to re- preaching to the choir over here for sure. Cool. I mean, um, I actually, I mean, we're still trying to figure out how it works, but we got, you know, a camera set up so that. It can film me all day long actually being me. um, Oh, cool. So that it's like, not like anything staged or thought up or anything Uh in the past. It's me turning around and talking to Rebecca or hopping on a Mm -hmm. zoom call with one of my VAs or my writer or a client or whatever it happens Mm -hmm. to be. But actually what I'm saying is what I would Mm -hmm. say. And it's like a forget that it's there and then allow, um, a video editor to go chop it up and, and make some social stuff. So, um, and it's literally authentic. I mean, I, other than the yeah. idea that I could possibly be just aware that a camera is rolling while I'm talking um, hmm. is the only thing that could be somewhat. Like spy, mis- cam. Like yeah, something. spy cam. Yeah. That's, that's the idea behind it. Um, cool. I've, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm laying into recently. So yeah. I want to ask you some questions. How have, how's uh, having kids impacted your life, your career, the way you, mm. where you be? I'll, I'll, I'll use JP language. Mm.
1: Uh, so many ways, so many ways. Um, I mean, this, this, this sense of self has expanded to include my kids. Right. And so like, what do I want to do today is no longer a question about one human body. It's a question about like, at least three, if not including my wife as well, four. Um, which is it's just, it's just important because there's no sense of like sacrificing my time to do stuff with them. Um, even if it's like I want to work and I want to be with them, that's not like for me or for them. That's The work is for them and the being with them is for them too. So it's given me um, um, more kind of inspiration to create more uh, in the world um both as an example for them of like what's possible like the roger banister thing like being a champion but also um you know to provide the finance financially provide the life for them that i'd like to provide that i'd like them to have um um and also like i have always been for most of my life kind of like um we could say an active nihilist, like if we Nietzsche a Nietzsche term, like it's all made up, man. It's all like just an illusion. Um, nothing's real except that which we believe is real. So I, I really, I am a stand for that. Active nihilism meaning, but that doesn't mean therefore I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. It means I get to create meaning. That's an exciting creative opportunity. Um and it's given me, whilst it's also, whilst given me a lot of freedom and creativity, it's also given me a little bit of a like. So let's just dance until the world blows up, man. Like whatever, I'm gonna be gone. And now that I've got kids, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna be gone, but they're gonna be here. So I've, I've find myself uh, now like being more concerned, um, with what is the world that we're creating, you know, like. More concerned about the impact that we're having on the planet, more concerned about what's happening socially and politically, um, because it's not just about like the context for me and, and my life. It's also about them. And so, you know, I'm meeting that with how do I educate them and how do they how do they grow up being in the world and what are they capable of and navigating and, you know, with whatever happens. And then it's also like, what is my contribution to a better planet? Like, I'm not out there like a protester, but... Um, I am looking at my own life and the work that I do and how it contributes to the society and to the planet that I'd love them to be living in. So I think having kids is, you know, giving me more motivation to create at a higher level and also more purpose in creating a more beautiful world, you know, for everybody, but, you know, inspired by my kids living in it for sure.
0: Yeah, I connect with that a lot. Um, especially... When you first said, "I'm not making a choice about what I want to do for the, today," mm. <laughs> as one being, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's for all of us, yeah.
0: And it's it's odd because I think a younger version of me would have thought it was a sacrifice to do so.
1: Exactly, but from the outside, you, that's what it looks like.
0: Yeah, and it's it's and it's weird because like it's almost inex- you explained it really well, but I, I it's almost inexplainable. Um, yeah, yeah to try to really convey that because you do wake up in the morning and I have things I want to do. I have things that, um, I want to do with my kids. I have things yeah. I want my kids to do by themselves. Mm-hmm. And my wife has her own view of that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool making it all work. It is like, it's like jazz. I'm, I went to school <laughs> for jazz, but yeah, it's did like, you?
1: Yeah. You went to school yeah. for jazz? Oh, jazz cool. composition. Yeah. Oh, i didn't know that amazing yeah man you get to check out my client kate's uh music she's uh an amazing musician and artist and with a background in jazz can't wait she's she's I mean, one of the best guitarists in the world she's super cool
0: oh that's sweet yeah,
1: yeah. i played jazz guitar oh you did Oh that's my gosh. Funny, man. Yeah, that's awesome. music. yeah kate shut kate shut music shout out kate shut music go check her
0: out yeah there you go <laughs> that's awesome um you mind if I ask you some some personal questions? I don't mind. You don't mind. Sex,
1: drugs, rock and roll,
0: bring it. How, how many? How much money are you making right now, man? Um,
1: I don't know. Like, a hopefully, year,
0: or a month. What do you? What do well, you? Doing? Me
1: personally, I think I did like eight hundred in revenue last year, and we probably took a little over five five fifty out of the business personally. That's a good. Um, Big good tax bill margin. coming. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: I do too. It's a Not reduction in the
1: profit margin. I've, I've always, t- I've, I mean, I've usually profit like 80%, but now that we're scaling the business and there's a team, it's gone down to like 60%. Um, mm. And, you know, this is, it's the opposite of what most people have do in business, but I always built my business as me and I took every penny from it <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> do, but I was everything. You know, I have a client who has a company that does like like ceramics and pottery and I was explaining to her like, in my business, I am—I have been the like the wheel and the kiln, mm-hmm. right? Like I—I am—I am everything, and so I take most of the money. But now that's shifting, and over the next years, out my profit margin will go down, down, down because I'll give more of the money to the team as we grow the team. And I'm actually—that's that, my goal—is to take less money from the business. Right. Um, my goal is to take less money from the business and lower the price of all of the things that we, all the products that we offer. Um, so that we can reach more people and have more impact. Um, in the end, I think that my personal income will still go up, but that's going to happen as a result of reducing the profit. Yes. Um, you can have, you know, bigger reach, bigger impact.
0: Yeah. It's these ironic uh, realizations in business that.
1: Yeah. Pretty cool. I'm
0: going to take less totally. profit. I'm going to make more money. And. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to impact more people. And yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting. I, I've. I definitely did the opposite of what you did. I'm like, I was making $2,000 a month and I hired my first employee.
1: Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is, that, that's what most people do. Yeah. Like that's putting the business before yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. Like but, I literally wasn't paying myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> for, for I mean, months, that's so foreign months. to me, but uh, I admire yeah. it. I admire it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, because I'm learning, I'm learning that path now and it's like, I think it's harder to do when you're so accustomed to having all the money. It's like mm. giving it up isn't easy. Um,
0: I didn't know what I was doing to be honest with you. But I, was like, <laughs> yeah, cool. I was like, I think this is what you're supposed to do when you have a business: you're supposed to have employees. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, Sweet. give it a shot, and then just try to do the right thing. Um, is what I try to do. I was just like, do right by my employees, do right by my clients, and do. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, I, don't try and cut any corners if you can. You know. Right you um have any plans dreams fantasies of the future
1: oh I always um and just just created them anew because um I've been literally literally dreaming my life into existence my whole life i, I think that's the, if there's anything that's kind of odd about my life path is like literal like lucid all, dreaming yeah d- daydreaming okay daydreaming more than lucid dreaming i mean uh, lucid dreaming is cool too but when i say dreaming i mean like in like the hey what are your dreams like that comes from using your imagination when you're awake yes yeah right like um it would be weird if i brought to life my nighttime dreams that would be like (laughs) yes that very different life but anyway so daydreaming my life into existence imagining my life in existence like all, we all do that as kids Mm -hmm. and then we're told to stop daydreaming in school and that you can't just do it because it's your dream and then it gets stamped out of us but for some reason i just didn't stop i just dreamed it whether it was like go build this fort in the woods or go build this lemonade stand or go build this business or go build this band i just kept doing it or it was like go and travel the world i just kept saying i just kept daydreaming it and doing it daydreaming it and doing it over and over and over again and then i built a business off that it's like funny that i'd help other people to do that essentially uh, and then I met my wife and that was the first time that I was like, oh, shit, I can't do this anymore because it matters. You can't daydream to I, anymore. Is that what you're saying? I, well, I couldn't do it the way I was doing it. I couldn't just daydream and go do my life because she had her dreams, too. So that was, wasn't was going to work. And 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 so that was it was an evolution because what it looks like is like, okay, my dream, then your dream, then my dream then Like will take turns. But that didn't feel good either, having like this economy of dreams. Yeah. Oh Um, man, I'm connecting with you real hard right now. So we both realized (laughs) that we'd have, in order for us to have a life together, we both would have to each give up our dreams for our lives and start dreaming together. And so we both said, forget whatever we dreamed of our life was going to be. And now that we're together, what if we dream together? And that's been our practice since we've been together now for 10 years. Um, And then we dream together and I can get into the nuts and bolts of what that looks like, but we've essentially been dreaming to creating daydreaming together Creating that as our life and then having this period of like, okay, this is amazing. And we actually thrive on creating a dream, so we need a new dream. And so we've we've created and lived our dreams probably four or five cycles now uh, or, or since we met. And we've just, we just completed a cycle and, and we were in that period of like so much gratitude, love being here, so happy here. And it's not about, dreaming and creating is not about happiness for us. We have an agreement that we'll never be any happier than we are. And so it's like, we're not chasing happiness. Like it just, happiness is, uh, contentment is, dreaming is about like the throes of being the throw of creation. And we, we thrive on, we love that. But we realize that we're, because it catches you by surprise when you've materialized all your dreams and then you're like your vision board is old news. Mm-hmm. And there's like this, there's this, like, it's like the artist, you want to be creating art. Yeah. And so my wife was like, do you realize that we're like kind of just like at sea right now? Like we need, we need a new vision. I was like, Holy shit. So we've spent some hours on it like in conversation and, and putting together our new vision. Uh, and so it's fresh and it's new and we're just actually getting connected to it and, and starting to feel that it's possible. Um, uh, the new dream. So all of that was the background to your, the answer of your question is like, yeah, right now our dreams are largely about the taking this home and this land that we bought in Maui and, and, and turning it into, it's like a diamond in the rough. We bought two acres. We've got three houses on the property. Um, but it's and we it's kind of the land's kind of rough land. So we want to turn it into a beautiful farm, essentially, mm. building a wall and fence and, and a veg garden and more fruit trees and cultivating the land so that there's, there's grass on it as well. And so it can produce loads of fruit and vegetables for us um, the way that we to care for. It. We have some chickens and so we want to add a little bit more livestock, maybe a couple goats. So we have this awesome vision for just cultivating our home. Um that's part of it. Um, and then we both, we we have vision for our time. People don't usually think about that, like a vision for our calendar, what, our, what we'd love our calendar to look like um, because we have the calendar that is and wouldn't it be cool if we had this much free space in our calendar? So we have mm-hmm. actually in our vision board, I've got an image of a Google calendar with very few events on it. So it's nice. Like, that's <laughs> like the that. vision, the vision for the time, right? Like how we use our time. Yeah. Um, and we both got visions for our work. Like we've got a vision of me doing public speaking again uh, and having uh, books published books you know I'm not doing that right now but part of the vision of my scaling my business is having a team that coaches with me and trains does the training so that I have more free time so that I can write and develop the philosophy further um, and 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 do public speaking to to bring people into awareness of, of the work that we do at creating um and my wife is has the vision she's studied wine she's got a diploma in wine wine tasting and she's got a vision to open a wine tasting and like cooking school here in maui um, that sells cookware as well so we've got pictures of all these things basically the way we do a vision board on um icloud so we basically go and collect a bunch of different images that are expressions of what we would love and then we put them into a shared album on our phones And then um, it pops up on our Apple TV, on our phones, on our desktop, on our MacBook, like everywhere, like your Apple Watch, even like, it's just that imagery is everywhere cycling. And then we sit together and we look at this collection of images we both come up with and we talk about them. And also, since the images come up in this random order, like, you know, we'll see an image of our son climbing a palm tree, and then it will switch to like a woman underwater. And then we'll have the conversation about like how those two things play into each other. Cause my wife's like learning to swim with this vision of like snorkeling and stuff. She'd never learned to swim growing up in London. Wow. And so, um, yeah, that's another thing that we put in our vision board, like images that represent our own personal growth. Like the woman underwater is my wife growing and overcoming her fear of the water and learning to swim. So it's not just material things. It's, it's, it's things about our time, things about our relationship, like an image of, we have an image from a date night that we went on five years ago in our vision board because we have the vision to have more regular date nights. So sometimes we use pictures of ourselves in our vision board that are like, but rep- so what does it represent and symbolize? Um, so yeah, we're just creating the new dream. That's some of it.
0: That's cool, man. That's awesome. It's interesting. Dreaming together like mm. like that. Um, I think we, me and my, my partner, we've like dabbled in it i think Mm.
1: maybe on accident yeah it's something that you have to give yourself permission to just do i mean even though i was doing it the other day on a friday i was like i I can't really spend my time like looking for pictures about my dreams all day Mm. this isn't productive work it's gonna be doing something more it is but it's like there's a there's a really powerful cultural story that it's like yeah it's not you know it's not serious work i got mine right here rebecca's got hers over there yeah awesome well good for you guys it's really uncommon
0: yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to look at it a little bit more. I think uh, mm. it's—is it, it
1: like a paper vision board?
0: It's paper. It's on my desk. It's right next to me. But it's cool. um, yeah, and I keep it pretty simple. Do you have but, all the
1: images in it on your computer too?
0: Um, I have it. Like, it's on a Canva file that we just printed out. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. Hear. Yeah. But so I'm just, yeah, we I'm could just saying
1: you could do a slideshow version of each individual image in there.
0: Yeah. That's a good idea. I like, I like the iCloud uh, feel a bit. My mother um, who like lives by herself and uh, she has like pictures of our family playing on her uh, TV, like a slideshow all the time with music. And every time I go over there, I see my kids at different Mm -hmm. ages through their lives, myself, um, my nephew, my my sisters, my brothers. And and then like, Oh, I remember that. And, and it brings back, you know, not just memories, but feelings mixed alongside, and mm-hmm. and what you liked about it, and
1: um, that's the thing with the. I never thought about it for vision board. Yeah, but it's like it's when it's always on. I mean, you mm-hmm. go into the kitchen to get something to eat, and you look out the corner of your eye, and you see that picture again, and it's like yeah. it just keeps that vision alive in your body, right? Which exactly. keeps you oriented towards it, and and you go back into your office, and the action you take is informed by that you lean into your fear a little bit more, you take a little bit more action or the energy that you bring to the action is imbued with this vision. And it it just, it's what has it come into form. Mm.
0: Now we're cutting on time. I'm going to stop us in eight minutes here after I ask this question to to get like three more questions in before we tie it up. But um, I want to know what it's like to hire uh, JP to coach me. What, what does my first coaching session look like with you? What, or it looks like or the same A1. as
1: the last one, <laughs> which same means thing. that like I just do one thing every single time. What's that? Um, I just he- find out what you would love to create, and mm-hmm. I and I help you to create it through a, a mostly often through a shift in your being. Right. So what okay. would you love to create today? And you get connected with that, and you might say, "Well, what if, what I should do is..." No, 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 it's not what I said. What would you love to create today? Okay, okay. Well, what I want to do is... No, no, it's not what I said. What would you love to create today you put your hand in your heart and you're like yeah. oh, okay. if i want to
0: go write a song or something but i do marketing
1: yeah so well if you want to go write a song but you do marketing. no i would
0: love to go create a song okay recording yeah, yeah, yeah. today so you, yeah, Is that's what i'm trying yeah. to get at yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. but i okay, but so... i have to or i feel like i should be so then the work
1: begins right there. Then I start yeah. coaching you around living in this world where there's what you would love to do and what you have to do. And mm-hmm. I would coach you and talk with you and challenge you around your philosophy, the way that you interpret reality around the, just the simple idea that there are things you have to do versus mm-hmm. things that you would love to do and that you have to, you have to do certain things. It's what I, and we have these, and I introduced concepts from crea- our creating perspective, which is like the creator levels. So the, the, the survival creator lives in the world of has to, have to. And when that world's true and a person shows up in it, they actually create effectively, they achieve things. But there's a limitation on their fulfillment and their capacity to create in the world when they live from the idea that there are things that have to be done. Yeah. And so it's like introducing the concept of a, of a world where you can actually do only what you love, only what you love, and everything that's important to you will be taken care of. So it's like how to it's like moving a person into that space, into that possibility. In their in their seeing, in their feeling, and then coming up with explicit actions that you can do that would be an expression of that new reality. Because when you take actions that are an expression of a new reality, you teach yourself that that reality is true, and it becomes more real to you. So for me, the best reason to take an action is because of what it teaches me about who I am. What I get as a result of that is tertiary. Mm-hmm. When I say tertiary, I mean it's not even the second most important thing. The result is, is, is the third most important thing. The first most important thing is who I believe that I am because I took the action. The second most important reason to take an action is because what I will learn through what the result is. And the third most important reason is like, does it produce the result that I want? Like I want results, but mm-hmm. not as much as I want learning and not as much as I want to inform myself that I'm a person that. Takes actions.
0: I, I want to uh, play devil's advocate with you for a second, though. Go
1: ahead. Um,
0: let's say that okay. I want to go record a bunch of songs all day long, and uh, but I want the result of you know making a million dollars and mm-hmm. uh, being able to provide for my family mm-hmm. in a financially you know sustainable way. I want to be able to go buy a house on Maui. I want those results. Mm-hmm. But what I would love to do um is not going to get me paid at least not for you know like i'm trying to think of like what what's someone going to say like this is bullshit, on when they're listening to this podcast this guy's just saying oh yeah just love, do what you love to do and i would i'd be broken and homeless
1: when the person sees the world the way that the person that you're pretending you are sees it they're correct if it's okay. i can either do what i love or i can do what's required to create the money that i would love then they are right. Yeah. Because the two doors that they're seeing are actually an expression of the idea that you must choose. The moment somebody steps into the world that I can do what I love and I can enjoy doing it and I can make all the money, a new door appears. It's Mm -hmm. probably not playing the guitar and it's probably not whatever the thing you thought you had to do was. Right. It's another door. It's a third option that doesn't exist. Those two options are an expression of the either or world of the survival creation world. Moment you step into freedom creation, uh, there's a third door that appears, at least a third door. And it's like, oh, shit, I didn't even think of that. You can't think of it when you are believing that you must choose.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So you can't no. see the choice until you go into it. And uh, not can do it. it right here, but... No, no, you know. no, no, no. I mean, like, I can think back of...
0: Um... I mean, people listen to this podcast, I feel like reading this up every time I'm talking to it, talking to someone. About <laughs> it. But um, I mean, I was, I finished my shift supervisor training as a uh, for Red Robin. I was going to be applying to become a manager, hmm. and I realized that that's not that's not what I want. I felt like, it's what I felt like I had to do so I could get my two weeks paid vacation with my fifty thousand dollars a year salary. So that we might be able to uh, buy a house when uh, Chelsea gets her nursing degree. Mm-hmm. And um, And then I just decided one day to go <laughs> it was like my last it was my last27 in my um, uh, bank account. And I thought that well tomorrow I got, I'm waiting tables anyway. I'll make another hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. No big deal, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I went to a print shop and printed out something I made on, on canva saying, hey, I'll do your social media for 99 bucks. And I went to about like 50 different businesses in West Warwick or Warwick. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, if you guys give me a call by the end of today, I'll do your first month for free. Mm. And afterwards, it's the 99 bucks or whatever. Cool. Yeah, and I got one person. But like what you're saying, I connect with in the idea that I took that action. Mm -hmm. And now I am a social media manager. I am a business owner. My identity shifted from I'm a waiter applying to... Uh, become a manager at Red Robin. I would be in a dead end job for the rest of my life, which was what was my mindset, but I was willing to make the sacrifice for my family. Right. You know, it was, what was mm-hmm. it going through my head?
1: Yeah. You um, stepped into the space of freedom creation, which is like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to create, you created a third door. Yeah. You basically did. you created a third door. And, and then we could, the more third doors we create, the more free we are. So we, but mm-hmm. so I'm always interested in, in where am I, now, in this space of freedom that I've created, where am I now trying to ch- choose between two things that I think I have to choose between because that's just all there is?
0: Where does focus come into play though? Because I feel like I could keep creating third doors all day long and mm-hmm. then I end up going nowhere because I keep so, spinning around and opening up new doors. Does that yeah, make sense?
1: It does make sense. Focus happens when you do only what you love. People are like, dude, you're so committed, you're so consistent consistency and commitment is a happening when you say no to doing what you don't love to do. Love is consistent. It is focused. It like flow just hap. It just, you stay, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it does focus isn't something that I have to do or try to do. If I'm not focused, it's because I'm making sacrifices somewhere. The heart's just like, boom, it beats in one direction. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean it never changes forever, but it's like, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't? it's not all over the place. It's right. like, it, it knows what it wants and it moves in that direction consistently, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah,
0: great answer. I'm trying Thanks. to stump you here, man. And I'm not getting Bring it. it. I like well, it. Well, here's the thing.
1: You know, the reason is, is because I was just thinking about this recently because as I'm thinking about doing public speaking again, one of the things I used to say to the audience at the beginning uh, when I, of my talk, I was like, I'm going to be just sharing some ideas and what I'd like you to do is to entertain those ideas. Entertain me as mm-hmm. I speak. And just try it on I don't know what the truth is I'm just exploring perspectives and when something in your mind hears what I have to say and goes yeah but raise your hand share with me the yeah but not because I want to argue with you because I want to dance you might share something and then it expands the perspective and so I'm not like I have no I have no like nothing to prove here right right because of that welcomeness i get to hear questions like you're asking and then i get to create an answer with you not to fight back but just like just to explore and so i've done this enough times that like I, i'm i'm i would love a question that takes me in a new direction um you know i'm, I'm sure you'll you'll come up with one at some point so yeah um, you know and it's I not to challenge
0: your... you either it's actually in a venture to of create yeah, I'm exploring. And, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, awesome.
0: I'd rather fight for the truth than to, to be in my head and, and be like, I don't know about that. Or, or, right. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, ooh, I'm dying to ask you this. these last three questions. What's your biggest regret you have in your life and why?
1: <sighs> Dude, I'm going to say this because it's been on my mind so many times, but like, my biggest regret is wearing condoms so much in my life. and realizing how not easy it can be to get pregnant and how like lower the risk is than I thought it was. Um, I think like, and I'll use that as a, as is both a literal answer, but also like a metaphor for how safe I played it in my life. In in other realms. backpacking across the world. No, but in other realms, in other realms. Okay. Financially. Okay. Like I, I will, I would have taken bigger risks now knowing how not dangerous it is. Yeah. And how I will always land on my feet. Um, I think just socially, like in situate, like going out and asking for things like I would have taken more risks. I would have enjoyed myself more um, um, because I was less afraid. Oh, drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't take a sip of alcohol till I was 30 years old. Wow. I didn't I didn't try any drugs like marijuana or anything till I was um, probably like. 40 until they became legal in california when i was living there damn and so now i'm like in my 40s and like interested in exploring like psychedelics and things like that and it's like huh and you know it was a bit of like i'm not safe i must be in control i must be in control i have Mm. to make sure i wear the condom before i touch the girl make sure i like you know don't take any drugs don't drink any alcohol you know so whilst I did have like, yeah, okay, adventure sports and things like that. And there were areas of my life where some people would say I was taking on risk. But yeah, for me, I would have leaned in more um, in in lots of areas. Cool. Um, Now, you you got to go back in time. You get Mm. to
0: talk to yourself at any age. What age would you go back to? And you only get three sentences to tell yourself
1: um so i can go back in time once and i can say three sentences to that one time that person at one time or do i this is three instances uh that one, one ride time. in the
0: delorean one
1: ride in the do- delorean that's it. and yeah. i get to put one date in and i can say three sentences to myself at and that then you time. poof right back to you the time you're at now yep just oh. like that and well, it'll, it'll be different it'll be like biff will be like president of <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah um, okay. I'll play with this. I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that's like, I have no regrets. I wouldn't change anything, blah, 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 blah. It's like the spiritual thing, but like, we can also play the game. Right. So like, it doesn't even have to be like
0: something to change, man. Like, I, like you can go back here to yourself and say, Hey man, you're doing a great job.
1: Yeah. But that would change everything.
0: Yeah. Let's play the game. I want to hear it. Yeah, I want to yeah. watch.
1: Mm. Hmm. It's scary to go back in time to do something that could change everything. Um, I would go back and I would say, um, I would go back to myself in high school, um, Tollgate High School. I was probably in 10th grade and I'd pull myself out of the cafeteria right before I had, done some stupid thing to some kid that was that didn't deserve it and i would say to myself be kind mm. eat healthy because I was really taco bell and soda yeah and don't be so concerned about condoms that's what i would <laughs> say <laughs> that's what i would say <laughs> well it's good it's good man <laughs>
0: Um, why, why, or who should contact you if they want to work with you and maybe who shouldn't?
1: Mm. I mean, I don't know. People weed themselves out. You shouldn't, if you, you, you are intimidated, um, by the things that I share, uh, because we confront people with the reality of their power and something people just aren't ready for that. Um, and people can self select for that. It's not like I don't I don't have I don't make that determination. I don't say right. no to anybody. Everybody is welcome. But people can self select if they're not if then that's not what they want. Um, um but who should contact me? I mean, the thing is the, the reality is I I have one private coaching space right now. It's a $65,000 commitment. I'm not really like looking for a client. I'm focused on the evolution of our training company. So anybody should contact Us who is interested in learning how to create everything they want in their life And I'm and I mean so our our niche is human beings and what we specifically help people to create is everything And that's very antithetical to your standard offering, right? Like what how you are supposed to do it in marketing? But it's just the it's actually the deepest truth we work at such a deep level of a person's way of mapping reality and who they think they are that we literally help people to create in every domain I don't care if you're a person that has a job or you're an entrepreneur. I don't care if we're creating in your relationship or in your business or your health and fitness. You know, when you when you go down to the level that we create at, like literally shifting a person's interpretation of reality and themselves, it, it can change everything. So, more f- anybody who wants more f- a greater sense of freedom through their inner and their outer, like maybe it's more making more money or maybe it's like spiritually we focus on both we help people to create both more freedom and through that they experience more love and they're able to have more impact and create more of what they want so um, if that's of interest reach out to us
0: yeah um i think you've given a lot on this interview thank you i want to thank you thank you for that thanks for sharing thanks for taking the time your time is valuable um for many reasons and um i just wanted to see if there's anything that you could ask um, right? So you've given the listeners a lot of stuff. you've given them a chance to reach out to you and your're mm. uh, your, your now growing team and company. Um, how could someone support you?
1: Um, the best way for people to support me is to grow in their power to create from from love, like liberate themselves. And that sounds kind of paradoxical, but the best support somebody could give me is to engage in our work and to grow themselves. And the reason that I mean it when that that's actually supporting me, that's not just some like some clever like sales hook or something. It's literally supporting me because as I was saying up front, like when I help people to be more free, when we help people to be more free, when we help people to come from love in everything they do and we help them to create more of what they would love through that means, they're creating a more beautiful personal world for themselves and that contributes to a more beautiful world and that. You helping me to create a more beautiful world is, is how you, that, that's what a you huge want. help to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. That's what I yes, want. want. So let me, you let, let me help you create a more beautiful world and that would be helpful to me.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love it. Guys. It's uh at JP Morgan, Jr. J J-R, Jr. right yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You guys should go follow him. He's got lots of interesting ideas uh, mm. to share on there. Um, especially if you can catch some of his, his videos when he hops on there with this crazy psychedelic background, uh, <laughs> you know, you're in for a ride when you get those. Um, but yeah, check, check him, check him out. Um, what's the, what's going to be the new handle for uh, creating for the company? Yeah. The
1: Instagram is we.r.creating.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'll make sure I link it up in the show notes and everything too. Cool. Um, and I, I always say this guys, this is free. I have nothing to sell you. I don't want to sell you anything. I want you to introduce you to people and ideas that can change your life and make your life a whole lot, um, more exciting, fun, and, uh, enjoyable so that you can go out and do the same thing for others. kind of like the same stuff that JP was just saying, but I really, really am passionate about it. And with that being said, your payment for this episode is that you go and share it with someone that you think would need it. Cause maybe JP stuff is like a little out there for you, or you're not ready for it. You're mm-hmm. not ready to see how amazing you are, but that person that your cousin, your mom, your aunt, uh, they need to hear it. So just hit that share button. Um, and, and thank you so much for, for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I, I love doing this. It is a pleasure. And, and JP, Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, You're welcome. Away from your kids, your chicken, your place on Maui, <laughs> your clients to to come and uh, drop some knowledge and uh, wisdom and experience with us, man.
1: You're welcome, Keaton. Thank you for having me.